Welcome to Friday, friends. As always, I'm with my buddy Ani at AniShree23. I am Sandro at OnlySandro on Twitter and Instagram. For both of us, you can follow the show. Use the hashtag FridayFriends. Of course, this is the podcast where Ani and I, we're only friends because of fantasy football. And we love to hang out with you guys every Friday. So let us know what plays, picks you're going with. Ani's always updating his Twitter with all sorts of great information. Of course, he's the expert on this pod. And I'm just a guy who plays fantasy. But we're we're going to talk about our Scott Fishball teams. We finally finished them. It's, uh, it's like a great moment and not a great moment. It's kind of like sad in a way where you're not drafting anymore. Like my league chat is totally just given up on conversating. But we'll get into more of that in just a bit. Uh, as I welcome in Ani... Uh, I just want to know uh, the big news of the week. Cam Akers, he's down. What's your gut reaction? What happened? What What were you doing and what were your initial thoughts? Uh, what I was doing was I was waking up. So I woke up to this news because it came down the wire at like, what, like 9 a.m. Eastern uh, just a couple of days ago. And I was honestly very upset because I love Cam Akers. You know, I was looking for him to be that guy in that Rams offense and in the dynasty league that the two of us are in, like, you know, the terrible luck I've had with running backs, like two years in a row. Now Saquon Barkley has been hurt and out. So I've drafted guys like Devin Singletary, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs this year, they bring in Kenyon Drake. So there goes his, I guess, bell cow status, you could say. And now Cam Akers is out for the year. So now I really need Saquon to be healthy this year in that league. So I can run out a team of Saquon, Josh Jacobs, Gus Edwards, who does have value, I would say, as an RB3. So devastated, honestly, would be the word I would use here. Devastated. Because I have no Darrell Henderson shares. Like, I have zero shares of him anywhere. So this sucks. Yeah, I I agree with you on Gus Edwards, and we'll get into him in, in just a few. Uh, but I... I don't have any shares of Cam Akers, and I don't want to make it sound like I wouldn't draft Cam Akers. It's just that I have other running backs ranked a little bit higher, and uh, I I guess because of the way that I draft, I kind of cling on to the same players. A lot of my teams have a lot of the same players, which is kind of like the kiss of death. You're 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 either gonna have a really good year or a really bad year. And putting all your eggs in the same basket. Yeah, much. it it's not I, I wouldn't recommend it for someone like myself and you and and other people that are in a lot of leagues. Uh, but if you're in a couple leagues, like there's no problem doing that. So I I did miss out on any hardship uh directly. Now I, I was thinking uh I literally wrote down a list of hey, I need to start diversifying. Cam Akers was on my list. So I was I was getting into that mode where in best ball, I was going to start drafting him heavily. And in my regular redrafts, I was probably going to start trying to mix him in a little bit more. Uh, I did notice in the Dynasty League that you had him. I was going to send you a trade. But then I looked around and I'm like, uh, at the moment, no uh, no offense, Ani, I don't, I don't think there's anything I could send you to repair uh, what's going on on your side? But if Saquon comes back, I mean, you're 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 good. Like it's not See, doom and gloom for it's. It's a super flex um, dynasty league, so I've got technically I have three starting QBs right now, right? And I mean, in retrospect, I have two. I have Burrow and Brady. The Bears say Dalton's the starting QB week one. You got to take that with a grain of salt. Who knows? He goes. He starts week one. Dalton goes 4-0. They're not bringing Justin Fields in after Dalton goes 4-0. That would be a mistake, especially if the Bears are rolling. So maybe I have three starting QBs. Probably not. But at running back, like I said, you know, Gus Edwards, Saquon Barkley, Devin Singletary. I like Zach Moss more. Saquon, Josh Jacobs. It's not the best. Wide receiver, you know, Michael Thomas. I got Mike Williams, who you like a lot. Um, I honestly, like I got so upset with, that, I don't even remember what else I have there. And then tight end, I've got like a Mike Gusecki who now has like five other people he has to compete with for targets. It's not great, but I did the same thing last year. I grinded, I made it to the semifinals and I lost on a stack correction error. So 
And, you know, the IDPs are very important in this league, and I have faith in my – I love my IDPs, and they've carried me in time. So we'll see. I mean, this this is a great league. It's deep. It's complicated, and uh, anybody can win it, really. Yeah, and we'll keep everyone up to date with the Timmy Invitational Dynasty League as the Friday Friends podcast continues on. And, and uh, you, you know, I forget what Tim's handle is, but you can see – Just at Miss Timmy Mister – Something like that. I think there's an R in there somewhere. Uh, besides, uh, I don't know. Either way, Tim, you're a great commissioner. Sorry, I can't promote your social media, but I mean, you could find them through the conversations that we have. Going back to Cam Akers real quick, though, I I want to get your thought on what they the backfield's going to do or the Rams are going to do with the backfield. Now, um, I'm I really don't want to get into their depth chart stuff because. I don't know any of the guys on their depth chart. I, I don't know if they're 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 not really proven commodities. I'm kind of expecting the Rams to go out and grab one of these free agent guys. So I'm going to throw out a couple names, and I want to get your your thoughts on it. Uh, and I'm kind of ranking these in the order that I would like the Rams to to call them out as well. Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I mean, uh, what we saw the last couple of seasons, right? He He's slowed down, but, like, he can still carry the ball, especially down at the goal line. Like, he's still a bruiser. He was the main reason DeAndre Swift didn't pop off last year because the Lions kept feeding Adrian Peterson the football. So, don't hate it, but, again, once again, age. You know, you know what you're going to get. It's not a flashy move, right? It's just a safe backup. Well, I think it's safe to assume as well, like, this Rams backfield now is in – there's no bell cow, number one. This is going to be a timeshare – if they make one of these moves, right? So if they bring in an AP, I'm I'm looking at it as more of like a Rams team move versus fantasy, I guess. Uh, but I I would love it if if Adrian Peterson went to the Rams. I think it would be a good a good fit for both the team and the player, and it will give him a chance to move up one more step in the all time rushing record. What about Le'Veon Bell? That's a guy that I find a lot of intrigue with, right? I mean. He's kind of been a loose cannon, can't stick to one team these past couple of years after being released by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think he could do well in this offense. He's a, he's still a good pass-catching running back. He can make those cuts. But what is he anymore? That's the question. We haven't really seen Le'Veon Bell play, really, the last couple of years. Like, he was on the Chiefs last season. We caught a couple glimpses. The Jets, he never had an offensive line. He was hurt. It was an Adam Gase offense. But this is Sean McVay, right? He's still that offensive genius we all think he is. He, If anyone can turn around Le'Veon Bell's career at this stage, it's got to be Sean McVay. So I wouldn't hate that signing. I'd be very intrigued. It's someone I'd probably take a late-round shot at in fantasy leagues because Bell seems like the guy I could see supplanting Henderson and taking over that lead back. What about Frank Gore? Nah, pass. And then uh, I'm going to just put this out there. I think it's very lazy analysis to assume that Todd Gurley is the right decision for this offense because Todd Gurley, I, I believe, is still owed some money from the Rams, and it wasn't a, it wasn't like a great breakup. So just like to say like, oh, Todd Gurley played on this Rams team recently, like they, they got rid of him for a reason. They don't they don't they didn't believe in him at the time. So unless you get him for like a dollar, I don't think he's the guy. But uh, once again, I, I look at Ani as the true analyst of this podcast specifically and in, in my in my uh, DMs and stuff. He's the guy I go to. So, Ani, uh, can you tell me what your thoughts on a, a girly reunion with the Rams? I don't think it makes sense. I mean, if you looked at it, like if they didn't believe in him, like you said, two years ago, three years ago, what makes them believe in now? Like this is now a few years after they already cut him. The knee problem hasn't gotten any better. We all know he's got the uh, – what is it? The, the arthritic knee. The arthritic knee. And, like, if he can't even be on a Falcons roster that doesn't even have a running back, they've got Mike Davis now. But, like, he got cut for, like, what? Ito Smith and Quadriolison last year? Like, I 
I don't see it. I think if I'm the Rams, instead of bringing in a Todd Gurley, I just take a dice roll on the guys you have on the team, a Daryl Henderson, a Xavier Jones. You promote him. You see what you get in the rookies you drafted this year. I like Otis Anderson. I liked him at UCF. He was one of their undrafted rookies. Um, hopefully he gets a shot at training camp to prove what he's got and maybe make this roster come uh, week one and maybe get some carries. But I liked what I saw out of him in college. So instead of Todd Gurley, I think you – because, listen, Todd Gurley ain't going anywhere, right? You see what you have first, and maybe if you think Todd Gurley's the guy, you can get him in week 12 because <laughs> he's not going anywhere. No one's picking him up. Let's be honest here. No one's picking him up. If they wanted to, they would have already. I would have rather have Devonta Freeman than have Todd Gurley at this point. Hey, that could be a choice too, right? Devonta Freeman doesn't have a, a home. And right. Just, just get all the ex-Atlanta backfield and maybe they'll go over to L.A. I mean, I think a better option would be if, like, I don't know if they can afford it, but maybe try to trade for one of these Steelers backs, right? Maybe try to scoop uh, Anthony McFarland Jr., or it, I, the word on the streets, right? We've heard some reports that Benny Snell might not even make the team. Why, if he gets cut before you know the final rosters, why not take a chance on a guy like Benny Snell? Still young, was okay from what we saw in Pittsburgh. Vultured a lot of James Connors touchdowns. That's a guy you take a shot on. Look at the Texans; they just hoarded like four different running backs. Maybe make a move. For a Mark Ingram, I would rather have Mark Ingram than Todd Gurley, right? It's not the prettiest play, but it's a guy that's proved he can still run the football. So there, I think there are better options in the trade market than there are in the veteran free agency market. And the Rams we've seen are not shy to make a big move. So we'll see. Melvin Gordon, hey, why not? Yeah, and as I, I mean, the Rams don't have a a lot of cap space. I would. That's say. the problem. So, Correct. I I honestly think their best move is to just pick up a guy off the street. That's why I really like AP. Like we we know he's not gonna be. He doesn't need to be the lead guy. He doesn't need to be the top dog. But if you kind of s- split it up, where some weeks it's a sixty forty split, some weeks it's like a. 70-30 split, and you kind of just mix it up a little bit, I think this Rams offense can still produce. What about a guy like Chris Thompson? Uh, you I know, mean, you, could, you could have Henderson be like the, you know, the first and second down back, and then Chris Thompson's your third down back. He doesn't have a job right now. Yeah, and we have, I mean, I have seen, uh, people are saying that Henderson isn't a pass-catching back, but if you, like, the first highlight reel you see on YouTube, the the most viewed one, it's like two plays in and like a bunch of plays after that. There's a bunch of pass catching plays, so it's it's funny to for when people say, but yeah, oh. I I agree. But like maybe a Duke Johnson type, you bring in there as well. Uh, also, um, a shout out to uh, James Grande on Twitter, Fantasy Alarm. He um, he posted how I believe. Daryl Henderson was the third best pass blocking running back in the NFL last year. So that's you. We've heard it from coaches. We've heard it from offensive coordinators. We've heard it from analysts. Like one of the biggest things that teams look at at a running back is how well can they pass block, right? That was one of the knocks on Joe Mixon. I'm pretty sure for a couple of years, that's why Gio Bernard got so much playing time because of how good of a pass blocker Gio Bernard was something Mixon couldn't do as well as Gio. So I think that's something you, we have to look at and it could be what gives Henderson an every down role there in that offense. Yeah, definitely. And, and for me personally, I wasn't targeting this run game. As I said before, nothing against Cam Akers, uh, but I, I like. Stafford and I like some of these receiving options and and now that we ha- we you know if Henderson continues being a good pass blocking option we uh it's it's great for that pass game. I think the biggest takeaway from what we just talked about with uh Acres and some of the options that we can get out in LA, right? AP LaBelle, Frank Gore, Gurley is Ani's too young to remember the word Arthur arthritis arthritic knee because he's never had to deal with it but someone like me who's old I wake up every morning and I I you know 
I'm so upset because I I have arthritic knees. Uh, but let's move on. Scott Fishbowl, I want to break down your team, get into the Scott Fishbowl 11. I'm not going to go over all the scoring and everything. By now, if you don't know, just look it up. ScottFishbowl.com, I believe, is the website. Just type in hashtag SBF11, and you'll find out all these teams and everything. But uh, let's specifically talk about your team. You draft in the J. Cole division this year, and I believe you're out of the three Drafted in the three spot. Yeah, three spot. So let's go. Let's go round by round, people. Twenty-two rounds. We're gonna we're gonna break down Ani's team, and uh, you know you can make you can tell us why you went with certain picks, what decisions were out, what uh, other team, what other players were on the board. However, you want to break this down. I don't believe either of us had Cam Akers. Well, I don't. I didn't get Cam Akers, but I'm not no, sure. If I did not either. Okay. No. So let let's start your draft. How how did this one go? Yeah. So before I start my draft. Um, I guess uh, my fantasy league does a draft recap analysis and gives you like a quote about your team after it's done. Um, I came last in my division. They said I had the worst draft. Here's uh, the exact quote. Uh, At Ani Street 23 has the dubious distinction of making the worst pick of the entire draft, selecting Carson Wentz in round three with the 34th pick. They proceeded to say, after such a pathetic draft grade at Ani Street 23 is motivated to prove to the league that their picks will overachieve and bring home the trophy. So that was, that was great news. You know, like I just got completely dogged on by uh, MFL and I guess they don't have the, um, you know, the scoring system and the weird formats of Scott fish, like instilled into their rankings after the draft which is why they think the Carson Wentz pick is so bad. But it was still funny how they were like, yeah, the worst pick of the draft. So to the draft we go here. Out of the three spot, round one, Christian McCaffrey. Couldn't pass up on him at 1.3. He just gives you such an edge every time he plays. Round two, Austin Eckler, one of my favorite backs, actually. I took him one pick before Cam Akers went, actually, in this league. It was the two running backs I was looking at. It was Akers and Eckler, and I was like, give me Eckler. I Please give me Eckler. Like, we've talked about this. We talked about it on the last pod, which you can take it, check out wherever you listen to your podcast, Friday Friends. We love this Chargers offense. We love Joe Brady coming into town here and taking over as the offensive coordinator. Not Joe Brady, sorry. Uh, Joe Lombardi. So, um, Mike Lombardi? Now I'm just – confusing myself either way what the people yeah. need to know about this offense is if you liked Alvin Kamara Austin Eckler will be that guy because this coach used to be on the Saints which is why Austin Eckler is going to be the new Alvin Kamara I think it's Joe yeah Joe Lombardi okay so I was right okay see I got confused with Joe Brady Joe Lombardi two offensive coordinators were in on though Chargers and the Panthers so um, those are my first two picks, running back, running back. And we all know third round reversal. So then I didn't pick until the end of the third round instead of the beginning, as we normally would in a snake draft. That's where I took my first QB, Carson Wentz, since it is a two quarterback league or it's a super flex league, sorry. And then um, it's a tight end premium. So I wanted one of the top five tight ends. Fourth round, I was like, look, wide receivers are falling. There's value here at wide receiver late. Mark Andrews, baby. Got him in the fourth. People are still sleeping on him. Everyone's talking about Kittle, Waller, Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Mark Andrews is Lamar Jackson's favorite target. Like, the, all this guy is do, does is catch touchdowns. Like, why are we sleeping on Mark Andrews? No more. And then I went with the third running back in the fifth round with Miles Sanders. Backed him up with another quarterback. Since it is super flex, I wanted two starters in the first six to eight rounds. Sam Darnold. Talked about it just a few seconds ago. Joe Brady, love the offense. I think Darnold's going to thrive in this offense. He's finally has a shot. He's not in Adam Gase's shadow anymore. So Darnold is my QB too. I love it. Stacked him with Robbie Anderson as my first wide receiver in round seven. My hot, not, I guess not a hot take. Been saying it all offseason. Robbie Anderson's going to be a wide receiver one this year. He's going to finish in the top 12 of all wide receivers. So that's why I took him at seven. Round eight, another guy I love. Brandon Cooks, I mean, what's not the love here, right? He's the only wide receiver on this Texans team. So no matter who the quarterback is, the Texans are going to be so bad. They're going to have to be playing catch-up in every game this year. So they're going to throw the football. And Brandon Cooks is just going to be peppered with targets. 
I love volume when it comes to targeting a, a wide receiver. I'll gladly take Cooks as my wide receiver too. In round nine, I went with my second tight end, Logan Thomas. Hey, he had a great year last year. He's probably not going to give you the same numbers since the team brought in Curtis Samuel, but they have a better quarterback than Ryan Fitzpatrick, so they should do better. Miko Harbin in round three, uh, 10. Why? Everyone wants a piece of this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Why not Miko Harbin? He's now their wide receiver too, right? So when teams double cover Tyree Kill or double cover Travis Kelsey, Miko is going to be a guy that's going to be open. He's got the speed. He's got to work on his hands, though. I do know he's had some problems with drops uh, coming into the league. So that's I love him as my wide receiver three. I think all three of the wide receivers I have so far, and Anderson, Cooks, and Hardman, could give you wide receiver one numbers on any given week, right? They're the ultimate upside plays, I would say. They have the absolute chance to pop off. And then to round out the first half of my draft, Gus the Bus in round 11. A running back we both love, who we think have has great standalone value in leagues this year. And if by some, you know, ill situation jk dobbins goes down gus edwards is now your running back one on a team that loves to run the football in baltimore so that is my first 11 rounds what are your thoughts on the first half of my draft i i really like how you built this team and uh we talked about in the last pod that i uh, i believe you forgot there was a third round reversal correct but i i think you still made up for it as if there you know there wasn't so yeah i I agree. I, I like a lot of your picks. And you and I also have sim, a couple of same guys, even though we both drafted out of uh, different spots. Uh, si- since we're at the halfway mark for your team, I'll do mine up until 11. We'll go back to yours to do the second half. Yes. I didn't realize that my fantasy league did a recap, so I quickly looked up um, mine as well. I got the uh, worst draft grade. <laughs> I, I uh, also got the knock for Carson Wentz being a bad pick. Um, you know, there. this says, after such a pathetic draft grade, uh, Sandro is motivated to prove to the league. Oh, that's like mine. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I drafted Carson Wentz, which uh, yeah, was my worst, but Brandon Cooks was my best. Um, on here and um yeah I, I and I I don't know why I don't know why I got poor draft grade so let the people tell me why I'm gonna go over my first 11 picks I was out of the 11 spot uh, I drafted Nick Chubb third running back overall some people think that's a little high but I I would actually draft Nick Chubb third overall in a regular redraft um and also one thing to keep in mind here is I I'm of the new mindset of Scott Fishbowl of I probably won't win the league, so I'm I'm drafting a team that I want to root for and that I actually like. I'm not just drafting tight ends because it's tight end premium. I'm drafting a team that I like. So I started with Nick Chubb. Second round, I got Austin Eckler. We already talked about how much we love Austin Eckler. Uh, round three, I went with DeAndre Hopkins. This was the third round reversal, so it came back pretty quick. Uh, so Hopkins is my wide receiver one. Carson Wentz in the fourth at QB 16. I think he will be a top... He will be a QB1 this year. He'll be top 12 at, at a minimum. He could be a top 10. Then I, I went Allen Robinson. Uh, I just saw value at the wide receiver position, and to have Allen Robinson as my wide receiver too just makes me feel you know good inside. I just feel happy to have DeAndre Hopkins and, and Allen Robinson. I also got Sam Darnold. In the, uh, I grabbed him in the sixth round. So my my starting two quarterbacks are Wentz and Darnold. I'm okay with Darnold this year. I think he's going to be fine in this Panthers offense. He has a lot of familiarity around him and that safety blanket of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, since I wasn't able to draft CMC, you still get a piece of it by drafting Sam Darnold. Then I went Javante Williams as my running back three. Then I got Juju Smith-Schuster as my wide receiver three. Uh, Tyler Boyd in round nine. And then I got Brandon Cooks as well, but I got him in round 10. So, uh, I uh, and I love I have four, wide receiver 42. And you, like you said earlier, you're, you're getting a top fantasy producer. You just look at the game logs of Brandon Cooks and you look at his stats from previous teams. I like to think of him as like an Allen Robinson light. He's a 
He's kind of quarterback proof, even though he's had proven quarterbacks. You know, he was with New Orleans. He was with Tom Brady in New England. He, But then Jared Goff, right, is not this, like, high-quality quarterback, but he was still able to put up 1,200 yards and five touchdowns. Even on Houston last year, yeah, he, he had he had um, Deshaun Watson, but the offense was kind of a mess. He was still able to manage 1,100-plus yards and six touchdowns. So I, I love Brandon Cooks this year. And then I as in the 11th round, my halfway point, I also got Gus Edwards. I believe that this is an offense that can produce multiple 1,000-yard rushers between Lamar Jackson, Dobbins, and Gus Edwards. So he he's someone I'm invested in. Uh, definitely I would get him as a handcuff if I got J.K. Dobbins, but I do love him as standalone value as well. Yeah, I like this start. I mean, we've got five out of the same 11, first 11 picks here. The only difference is I have two tight ends, and you have no tight ends so far at this stage through the first 11. Yes. But, I mean, like, I think one of my mindsets was if I'm not going to get one of the top five guys or even top 15, got 12 guys, I'm just going to wait. At that point, there's no reason to spend an early pick on a tight end. You might as well punt and take a guy later on who you think has upside value, right? It's since I got Andrews, I was like, oh, look, I'm already invested in the tight ends now. I might as well grab two with Logan Thomas. So that can be my substitute for maybe going a little weaker at wide receiver. So you got Hopkins and Allen Robinson. I didn't get a wide receiver till I got Robbie Anderson. But since it's tight end premium, I got Mark Andrews, which is pretty much a wide receiver one in a scoring system like this. Exactly. And that that's what makes this this league fun and why I went in with the mentality of I'm going to go with guys that I, I want to root for. It's a charity league. Hey, if I win, great, but the odds are really stacked against me and you have to in a league like this. And I would say in most leagues that are tight end premium, I would redo my rankings and I would combine the tight ends and the wide receivers in the same category instead of thinking of them as a different position. Versus how in redraft, I'm thinking solely tight ends are separate. Usually I fade. Uh, unless it's best ball, I'll take Kelsey in the first round. But in my draft, three tight ends went off in the first round. Kelsey was first overall. Waller was eighth. And then Kittle was third. So once I saw that, I was kind of like put in a position of, I'm, I'm going to fade tight end pretty early. I had that in my mind. Like, I, I'm not going to reach. I don't, I'm not a big, like, huge fan of Kyle Pitts. I like Mark Andrews, who went tight end five in my league. But at the moment, I just looked at my team as Chubb, Eckler, Hopkins, Allen Robinson. Though, to me, at the end of the year, I could see them all being top five at the position of their position. If, but the safest way to look at it, at least top 15s. Right, and that's the range of where I how I draft. Can this guy be a top five? Yes. Then I want him. Can he be a top fifteen? Yes. I still want him. It's a very simple formula when I when I draft. Uh, let's let's hear the rest of your team at going from twelve on. Yeah. So we were very similar in the first half. We aren't very similar here in the second half because in these last eleven rounds, I got guys I wanted. Right. I wasn't looking at ADP. I was looking like if I was you know reaching or not. These are the guys I wanted. So in the 12th, I took Marvin Jones. Since I started taking wide receivers late, I just wanted to build that wide receiver depth. You know, I already had Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cooks, and Miko Hardman, but I got Marvin Jones, who could be the wide receiver one. Another guy with the upside, right? Could be the wide receiver one, a veteran presence for Trevor Lawrence. Then I went Henry Ruggs in round 13. Why not? The Raiders drafted this guy to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. He was the first wide receiver off the board uh, two years ago. Yeah, he didn't have a great rookie year, but second and third years when wide receivers, you know, break out a little bit. No one was expecting Ruggs to have a season like Justin Jefferson. No one expected Justin Jefferson to have a season that he had, right? Ruggs had what you would call a rookie wide receiver season. But with that speed and that talent, he could absolutely pop off here in his, uh, what is it, his second year in the league. Um, I had to handcuff Christian McCaffrey with Chuba Hubbard in the 14th round. After we saw what Mike Davis did in this offense last year, 
if McCaffrey goes down, I need to have that insurance policy. I spent the first round pick on him. Got to get the handcuff. Chuba Hubbard, welcome to the squad. Since it is super flex, I had to grab another quarterback, Cam Newton. I mean, again, why not? He could lead the Patriots in rushing touchdowns this season. Like, the upside of Newton is way too high. Stacked him with Jacoby Myers, who I think is, I believe, is going to be the number one wide receiver on the Patriots. And to get him in the 16th round is an absolute steal, in my opinion. Round 17, you see, we've got some differing views on this Lions offense. No one really knows who's going to be the number one wide receiver here. Could be Brashard Pyramid. Could be Tyrell Williams. It could be Amon Ross St. Brown, the rookie, who I picked here in the 17th round. I only picked him because I like him. That's pretty much it. That's a guy I want to root for here. I know you're all about Quintus Cephas. And I know you took him around the same area here in your draft as your Detroit Lions wide receiver. I think most people with this Lions wide receivers have planted their flag on one guy and they're like, this is going to be the guy. So for me, that's Amon Ross St. Brown. And then round 18, I took another quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke doesn't work out if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get traded there. Why not? Teddy B, fourth quarterback. He's more of a, you know, an injury policy, bi-week filler if I need it type deal. Round 19, I Josh Palmer, a rookie that the Chargers drafted. We've seen Mike Williams never stay healthy. Keenan Allen has had injury issues a couple years. Tyrone Johnson we saw come alive a little bit last year, but Josh Palmer is a guy that really excites me. I think he could produce in this Chargers offense, so why not? And then I took a couple of handcuffs here in 20 and 21. Devontae Booker, I mean, with the report's coming out, right? Saquon does even he's not confident he's going to be, you know, 100% to go week one. So why not take Booker here to back up to Saquon? This this could provide, like, standalone flex value for the first couple weeks of the season, in my opinion. So getting him in the 20th round, I think, is an absolute steal. And then I've got McKinnon in the 21st. Yeah, the you know, the Chiefs still have. Darrell Williams. I don't think Darwin Thompson's a thing anymore. I think CEH is going to have a great season, but eh, McKinnon, we've seen what he can do. Why not? At the, at the least, he's a guy I'm going to drop first for waivers, right? And then I took CJ Uzoma as my third tight end. I didn't have to spend really high capital on tight end after I took Andrews and Logan Thomas early. But again, injury policy, when he was healthy for the first couple of weeks of last season, Burrow was looking to him, so why not? And that is my Scott Fishbowl League. I love what you said there towards the end about drafting a player but totally knowing that they're an easy drop. And yeah. I think that's one thing that is underrated with the Scott Fishbowl a little bit is people are a little bit too much about, I'm going to get my guy that I really love or someone that I've touted that I need to hold on to just to prove a point. But sometimes you just need to draft this early, right? This is a July draft, just an insurance policy of there's a chance they could become the starter if like multiple injuries happen in camp, kind of like the Cam Akers thing that happened. And But you're totally okay with, all right, as soon as some breaking news happens, there's a, someone available, I already know Instantly, I can go to the app. Here's my first drop. Don't even have to think about it. And I think yeah. that's so smart. Um, and then the just to kind of like looking at your team uh, with the with the rugs thing. One thing that I think that fantasy people uh, make a huge mistake on, biggest mistake, is giving up on wide receivers in their second year after they were so high on them their first year. So looking at rugs, so many people were like, look at the speed. Oh, he's going to be great. Tyree kill light. Well, last year you were all in on him. Why Why is there just the disgust for him this year? You just gave up on a guy that you were all in on last year. Why? Because a couple of new shiny toys have entered the league. Like, we don't know what these rookies are. But we kind of know that these second-year guys, maybe they just needed an extra time, extra step. You know, they needed extra time. You you just said he had kind of an average rookie year. So why not expect him to be a little bit better? And for where you got him in the 13th round, 
Yeah, he's my fourth wide receiver, fifth wide receiver, actually. Why not? Exactly. And I, I love Marvin Jones. I didn't get him in this league. I'm a little upset about it. I wanted him. And I, I just believe in the talent of Marvin Jones. Just look at footage of Marvin Jones. He he knows how to get his toes inbounds. And that's all that matters with a wide receiver to me. Uh, I'm going to go over my guys. And uh, starting in the 11th, uh, I'm sorry, in the 12th round. Uh, at wide receiver 54, I got Michael Pittman Jr. It's kind of like a, uh, you know, stacking, I guess you could say. I wasn't intentionally planning on it. But I, I like Michael Pittman this year. I think he's going to... Uh, I think he'll way outperform wide receiver 54. And to have him with Wentz, if there's ever a game where they're both just locked in, this is going to be a great position that I'm going to be in in week-to-week uh, week with my uh, Scott Fishbowl team. I got my first tight end in the 13th round. And he's a guy I'm not really hearing anyone talk about, but I'm not fully uh, ready to give up on him, and that's Jared Cook in this Chargers offense. Now, it's not a sexy pick. I don't think he's going to be a, a top guy, but if he's a top 15 tight end in the league it, with the extra scoring, I think some weeks I'm going to I'm gonna be pretty happy that I didn't reach for a tight end, but then there's also going to be weeks where I'm going to be like, man, this he got one catch for seven yards. I'm hoping those seven yards are a first down, though, because that's extra points in this league, and that's kind of what I was thinking. Jared Cook might not put up touchdowns, but hopefully he gets like three catches and they're all first downs, and then I'm okay with it. Uh, I got burned here in the 14-15 round, right? Here's my back-to-back pick, 14 into 15. I drafted Drew Locke, quarterback 33. I was hoping to get Teddy Bridgewater in the next round. I was going to handcuff my quarterbacks because I don't know who's going to be the lead quarterback. And I, I just didn't want to pick one and run with them and then be burned for when they got they got uh, benched. So I was kind of hoping the guy at 12 wasn't going to go quarterback. I got burned because he took Teddy Bridgewater right after I took Drew Locke. So this is kind of a failed pick. But I'm okay with starting with Drew Locke because I believe he's the he's the starter. He's the I guy think he's the there. starter. I think he's the guy the Broncos want to be the starter. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater to kind of light a fire under his ass, to be honest. I think that's what happens. Yeah, and, and look, I'm not against... It's weird. I'm I'm not against handcuffing in a super flex with an offense like this. Now I'm not going to tell you to go get a you know Tom Brady and his backup in a super flex because there's no way Tom Brady's losing that job. But for that, like offenses like New England, if you get Cam and you get Mac Jones, I'm kind of okay with it because once again, it's one of those things where once one loses the job, then that's your easy cut later on in the season, right? If Cam starts off, but then week two, he loses the job, Mac Jones is going to be the starter for the rest of the year because the Patriots have to look forward. And that will be your easy cut if, let's say, Cam gets injured or they just bench him. Uh, that, but So I pivoted in the 15th round. I took Tevin Coleman, who I believe will have a role in this Jets offense. Uh, they all, if you look at all the Jets offensive coordinators and coaches, they are all coaches that were from Atlanta and from San Francisco, Tevin Coleman. They worked with Tevin Coleman. There's a reason why they brought him in. Thank you, Jeff Mance, for pointing that out to me. In the six... Uh, that, that point on Tevin Coleman, I don't know why everyone is just ready to assume that Michael Carter is going to be the lead back there. Like, I, I think Tevin Coleman's the starter. I don't know. I, I really do. So I don't know if I go that far. And I, I'm not to say that you're wrong. I just... We've seen Tevin Coleman get hurt, you know, the injury history. We've kind of been burned by, hey, right. this is Tevin, like Tevin Coleman is is the guy. Uh, but the, the one thing to keep in mind is, you know, Michael Carter is a rookie and there's, there's no shame in this Jets team, which is building for the future, to just have, you know, a running back by committee. Right and correct, correct. But like that's what I'm saying, though. But you're getting a guy that's going like five to six rounds after Michael Carter, right? If it's going to be a committee, it would be a kind of like one of those Melvin Gordon, Javante. Like you see both of them go kind of in the same range when it comes to ADP. But Kevin Coleman's going six rounds after Michael Carter for a role that they might be sharing, and Kevin Coleman could outproduce him in. 
it, it's a great. Which is why I love the pick. Which yeah, is why I love it's a pick. great move for best ball too. Like I yeah, like, 100%. I, and I don't know. Like we we're thinking of the Jets offense run by Adam Gaze when we think of the Jets. We have to think of a, a Jets offense that isn't run by Adam Gaze, and based on the coaching staff, this is a run have. Like, this is San Francisco light. And yeah. that's why I'm I'm okay with investing in this Jets offense. Plus, Zach Wilson as a rookie, I I love off city. Yeah, like and and like if there's ever an opportunity to not get him to throw the ball, I think they're going to take those those opportunities to run the ball as sure. as much as possible. Uh, then I, I went with uh, in the 16th round. I went with Traquan Smith as wide receiver 71. Look, Drew Brees isn't there. I believe Michael Thomas will still have a good year, but I think that wide receiver two is going to be used a lot more than in the past. And at the moment, Traquan is the guy. You can kind of put him on my list of, oh, this might be my first cut if I if I need to make one because I do have a bunch of wide receivers that are already proven. And uh, tr- But at the moment, based on where, you know, the depth chart and who Traquan is, we've seen him have some some good moments in the league. I, I feel like he's a guy who people are sleeping on just because, once again, we're thinking of an older-style Saints offense. It's going to be a different offense that where the ball is going to be spread out a little bit more. Uh, then in the in round 17, I took my, you know, hey, maybe maybe he could finally, I mean, not finally, maybe he could have a good year. I mean, he's, he's a young wide receiver, and that's Denzel Mims. That Everyone's just written him off, but who who's going to get the ball? There's, there's not, there's just not like a lot of options. And for a team that we're expecting not to be, you know, win, yeah, winning games, like they're going to have to start throwing the ball. And, you know, Denzel Mims, another guy who is heavily touted and then kind of forgotten. Like, let's, oh, he's, he's a nobody now. Well, why? Um, and then I, I went with my guy at round 18. It's like you said. We all plant our flag on one Detroit Lion wide receiver, and we have to stick with them for till the end of the year. And my guy is Quintez Cephas. It's a year two guy. I just think that at the moment, the reason why I'm going with him over any other option in this offense, he's the only wide receiver that knows where every bathroom is in Detroit. He's the only one that knows where every restaurant is. He's the only one familiar with the city and, and the stadium and the locker room. If you look at this wide receiver room, he is the veteran. Like he's he's showing guys, hey, the tr- no man, you got to make a left. Trainer route, the trainer's office is at the left of down that hallway, not the right. You're going in the snack room. He's the only one who knows, so he he's more comfortable. Uh, I normally this would work better if the offense wasn't changed. You know, if Correct. they if the playbook was the same, but it it's kind of a failure here. Uh, does I, he bite knees? Does he bite kneecaps? Uh, you know what? If if it gets him the starting job, I guarantee he'll try to do it. He'll, he'll at least attempt. So uh, then I went with my my tight end two in the nineteenth round, and this is a guy who's been forgotten by everyone just because the shiny new toy, and that's Hayden Hurst. There, a guy having the Timmy Invitational, which I was kind of upset about. Like I got ruined by the Timmy Invitational this offseason by just moves that happened. But just I ruined. I believe with the Julio Jones leaving Atlanta, Hayden Hurst is still the lead tight end. Kyle Pitts is a wide receiver. Yeah, he's like, a let's, wide receiver. Let's not. Let's not play games here. He might play he's a little a bit receiver. closer to the line, but he's a wide receiver. And Hayden Hurst will be the guy at that tight end position. They might put what we consider two tight end sets out there, but it's really just a neatly tucked wide receiver with Kyle Pitts, and then Hayden Hurst will be out there with no coverage. People will forget that he's out there. He'll have a delayed route, and he'll get that first down. I, I kind of like Hayden Hurst as a sleeper. To look, he's not gonna have a thousand yard season. We we kind of have to get rid of that mentality. But for the tight end position, which if you don't have the top three guys, he's a guy who's definitely he could be a top fifteen to have, twenty guy. He could have forty catches for three hundred yards and a couple TDs. I could see that. He could have even more maybe with this Atlanta yeah. offense, which is probably Correct. gonna be passing a lot. Like his his numbers might get a little bit more inflated. Just because of the the amount of passing attempts there will be from this offense, and if Kyle Pitts is the shiny new toy that everyone is 
going to be on, yeah. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley. I mean, you have to put your attention on them. So that means you're going to put a lesser linebacker on Hayden Hurst, who used to get a little bit of a little bit of slot corner attention, and then the top linebacker attention. It's just going to open up where he he's going to have some games where it, if you're just not paying attention, you're going to be like, man, why are they wasting like wasting Kyle Pitts when they're not? I mean, it's a rookie tight end, and it's Arthur Smith's offense. And when he was on the Titans, they played Johnu Smith more of that Kyle Pitts role, and Furkser still got his. So, I remember betting on Ferkser catches and hitting, so. Definitely. Yeah, I, I think I played. Oh, no, it wasn't Ferkser. I, I was about to say I played a random tight end against you in Dynasty. I think it was O'Shaughnessy. It either, was O'Shaughnessy. Either way. Uh, Hayden Hurst, you know, he's we're a few rounds from this draft ending, and I, I took my second tight end. I'm not going to be picky at tight end 31 drafted. That Then I in the 20th round, I took Marlon Mack, kind of like an ode to last year's. Scott Fishbowl team where I was all in on Marlon Mack and he uh, disappointed. Uh, kind of brought to light with the Cam Akers news. You know, when a, when a running back injures their Achilles, they kind of don't come back from it. And it's sad. We, I, I don't know. Not I, just running back, just athletes. Athletes, yeah. So I, I'm kind of hoping Marlon Mack still has a small role just because I would like to see Jonathan Taylor not get overly worked because this can be a, that's going to be a run heavy Colts team I believe. So I I just looked at it as like a depth ad. This once again could be another one of those hey, I'm going to drop this guy pretty quick. Uh then to round out the draft in the round 21, I went with Tim Patrick and then I also got Booker, Devontae Booker, but I got him in the last round and once again, it it's this Saquon uh, knee is just, I, I don't know what to believe because normally when you hear players talk about coming back from an injury, they're very positive and they're very like open, not open, they're, they're more positive about, oh, I'm going to come back stronger, better than ever. And in the latest report and latest video that was on social media of Saquon is kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of just taking it day by day. So... Mm-hmm. There, this might be, lo- you know, it might be longer into the season, further into the season, that we see the Booker kind of have a role. And for a team that, if they happen to not be in a playoff position, maybe you lay off Saquon a little bit earlier than normal. Um, you know, I drafted him. I drafted him in the last round. He's not. I'm not looking for him to be my lead guy. He's a bye week filler and. Uh, I just think people need to consider Booker if they draft Saquon as their handcuff, um, yep. which in this league, the Saquon guy did not, and I was able to get him two picks before the draft. Why ended. not? I love stealing people's handcuffs. We both did not take kickers, which I found interesting. I'm not opposed. I like. I don't want people to think that I didn't draft a kicker because I'm opposed to a kicker in this league. I didn't draft a kicker just because I saw other opportunity where kicker for me is a a week specific ad. I'm not going to draft a kicker in July when I don't know what the matchup's going to be week one going on. So why draft mm-hmm. a kicker when that that's going to be more of a in the moment that week specific? Does this wide receiver slash running back slash tight end have more upside or a, a better floor than kicker X. Right. And I, I think that's how people need to approach this and look at this league. It, also, a kicker could be a great ad after Thursday, and if you have a great performance, let's say two two of your guys have an all-out career game where they score you know 30-plus points, Mm-hmm. Maybe the safe play is, oh, I'll I'll add a kicker who I know is going to get positive points versus a you know wide receiver four on a team or a running back that might not get any touches and they're only going to bring me back one or two points when I could get a kicker who will probably get me a minimum of six or seven. seven. So that's yep. kind of a kind of the thought process there. Some some teams on my league took two kickers. Which I'm kind of like, man, you you had, I mean. I, I think that would never know. be me. 
No. Not to say I would. Like, if if Justin Tucker or, like, Bucker kind of, like, fell a little bit more, I would have probably got him because that— Maybe take a shot, right. But, but I'm looking at Traquan Smith, Mims, Seif— Well, let's not put Cephas in there because no one believes in him. <laughs> but, you know, Michael Pittman— like Coleman, I love Pittman, like yeah. th- these are all guys that are gonna perform better than a kicker on an average week. So yeah, I, I think we don't deserve the uh, my fantasy league rating of being the worst drafted team in our divisions. I think we'll we, see. we have a lot of promise. Uh, but yeah, I, I I like your team and it. Last year we had the we drafted at the same spot. This year we didn't. So it was nice. It was nice to kind of see the difference. Differences, but then also the similarities. You and I are are typically on the same page with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the first half of the draft where you're taking your studs, we're pretty much right on the same page there. I mean, the only reason you went Hopkins in that third round is because of that third round reversal. You got an early third round pick where you were able to get a top tier guy and then come back around and get your quarterback. Whereas I couldn't afford to do that because I had to wait so many picks in between. I was like, I need to take a stud. You take a top 12 quarterback, and I got him in Carson Wentz. Definitely. Before we get out of here, I actually I want to ask you a question um, that, that kind of came up on social media, and I'm not going to call out anyone specific, but uh, I noticed that there, you know, I don't do rankings, right? I'm just a guy who plays fantasy football, and I look at other people's rankings, and I, I, I kind of make a tiered list, but it's not like a traditional – tiered list like I don't list every player I list the players that I like that you like correct but I I noticed that someone uh, a a couple people have Austin Eckler ranked in their rankings as third overall which I don't have a problem with I I I if that's your guy that's your guy right right and I I would take in a PPR league I would take Eckler early I mean I I took Eckler running back five in the Scott Fishbowl. But my my argument with that is, uh, so Eckler is ranked third in, in this person's rankings. But when asked, hey, if you had the third overall pick, would you take Eckler? They said no. And they said, I, I'm i not, you know, basically, I'm not stupid. I would take, like, a uh, Derrick Henry I would take a Saquon. I would take an Alvin Kamara over Eckler, and then I could get Eckler in the second round based on ADP. I kind of I, I I get the idea of that, but in the drafts that I'm in, Eckler is going 11, 12, maybe 14 right. at the most. So if mm-hmm. you have that third pick, you're never getting Eckler. So is it like is it right to rank like No, it's not. No, I don't think so. If he's your third-ranked running back and you have the third pick and two running backs go before that, that's the guy you take because that's where you have him ranked. Yeah, I, and, I, and I agree with I you on that. simple as that, now, I think. Now, wh- I think where you don't follow your rankings and this philosophy makes sense is if you're off the wall a little bit more and let's say you have Antonio Gibson ranked third overall. Let's All right. say... And, and your rankings are more of this is how I think the season will end out. Yeah, that's just more of like your takes more than rankings, you know. But but let's say someone submitted right. They have yeah. they have uh, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson three. But you don't draft mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson three. I I think that's more of a logical reason not to take Gibson right. at three because you can get Gibson at running back fourteen right now. Which means you're yeah. definitely getting your your third ranked running back in the second round, but Eckler specifically, I don't think it makes sense because you're never going to get him coming back. No, there, there's just no way. So I, I feel like in a way, and then, once again, I'm not I'm not a rankings person, and I'm not calling anyone out specifically, but I you know I'm on Twitter and I'm looking at the chatter, and I I just. Don't understand why you would say Eckler's number three. You you got to at least put him at six. If yeah. you're saying you're going to draft three other people or five, you can't put him at three where in, no. in most drafts, one, two, three is are running backs. So, uh, But while we're, on, while we're on that, I mean, you're a Washington football team fanatic. Uh, 
Antonio Gibson. What what's his what's his floor and what's his ceiling? I think floor. We're talking top twelve running back in fantasy. I think ceiling top two running back in fantasy. I think it's as simple as that. I think it's a guy you're going to be seeing run the ball a lot in this offense, and he's got pass catching abilities. I mean, that I think the sky's the limit for this guy, man. I really do. So that's that's it's as straightforward as that. Top, he could be a top two finisher, and I think the floor is top twelve. Are you worried about Fitzpatrick at all? No. Yeah, I. No. I've seen lately people saying like they draft. Uh, was it Tyler Heineke or is it Taylor? Yeah, Tyler Heineke. Like, I I don't I don't see why you would waste a draft pick on. I guess it's Taylor. Sorry, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, to see, we don't even know his name, so it's Whatever. It just it's just Heineken. Yeah, I I think Fitzpatrick is the right move, and you don't have to handcuff. Uh, if there's an unfortunate thing that happens and Fitz gets hurt. Like why would I draft Heineke? It's a guy that's going to be on waivers. Like, why are you wasting a pick on a guy you can scoop up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these. Like, that's what. That's what's. You know, that's the thing that kills me. Like, why would you waste a pick? Yeah. Yep, I, 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 and I'll, I'll give like the people that I saw like uh, talking about this. It was a, it was like a thirty round draft, and I mean it's early enough where yeah you could take. It's it, super flex and sure. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we get out of here. Now that I'm, I'm thinking of like Fitzpatrick a little bit, and uh, and moving on to Miami, I have a, I have a strange feeling we're gonna see a good amount of Jacoby Brissett this year. And I'm out on Tua, so I'm I'm out on Tua as well. And we I've saw been out on Tua. We saw last year that they kind of just, hey man, get off the field. <laughs> we're, we're you know the, you know the team is not sold on it. This will be my finishing thought. The team's not sold on Tua. When we saw reports come out this week that if the legal issues with Watson are resolved, the Dolphins are still looking to make a play for Watson. You don't say things like that if you have faith in your franchise quarterback. <laughs> I I agree uh, entirely with that, and I I tweeted out uh, two weeks ago about I guess, and I don't remember the exact number, but I think I I wrote like Jacoby Brissett will have over four and a half touchdowns this year. I I'm I can not, see it. I I don't. Yeah, I mean it's a hot take, but I don't think it's that hot. When we saw last year, they they pulled to it in and out uh, based on performance, and I I think Brissett is is a good backup and could. I mean, we've seen him in a starting role before, so for sure. I I need to see more from Tua, and it might be just me being a little bit too critical of him, but I wasn't impressed with last year. And for anyone that's drafting him top twelve, like I just don't. I don't get it. And I don't watch a lot of college football. I, I really watched no college football. So I just never saw it. Um, and and that, you know, that's my own. Do- I'm trying to see where he was drafted in my league. Because uh, I feel like he was drafted pretty high. He was quarterback 21 in my league in the sixth round. So, yeah, I, I'm not I'm still looking it up. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't. Uh, he's drafted 20. QB twenty one in the sixth yeah. round. Um there you go. I mean at twenty one, sure, I guess he's fine, but I've seen some people rank him in the top like fifteen and I'm just Yeah, I'm out. Uh I don't I don't get that. All right, Ani, I I think we we did a great job breaking down our teams. Of course, uh and at always you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram. Ani's at Ani Shree23. I'm at only Sandro. Let us know how our Scott Fishbowl teams how we did in our drafts. If you have any questions, of course, ask Ani, the true professional. I, I once again, am just a guy who plays fantasy football. I got I got invited to a charity league, and they were like, oh, hey, it's great to have, like, actual professional competition. I'm like, guys, literally, just a guy who plays fantasy football. Just That's an it. average I'm, Joe. Yes, I am just the average Joe. I just get an opportunity to speak my mind on Quintus Cephas more often than other people do. Uh, at... Right before we get out of here, Ani, any wise words for the people? Uh, no wise words. I mean, just stick to your rankings, stick to your ADP. Don't be a, you know, a victim to 
ADPs, I guess. Like just play your play your game, draft your team. And there you have it for Ani Sridhar. I am Sandro. Follow me at Ani Shri twenty three, and me at Only Sandro. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Friday, friends.